Drums, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, audible viewers, thank you for joining us for episode 42 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Summers, joined in the Record Eagle Studios today by James Cook and Jake Atnip. The three whatever we wants to be are back together again. We're just under the weather this week, so... <laughs> we are, yeah. This is going to be an interesting episode as we're all succumbing to allergic reactions of one form or another. I'll probably have a lot of fun editing around coughs and sniffles and sneezes and if the mic stands avoid being covered in some sort of mucus we'll probably be doing pretty well we're gonna have to do a whole clorox sanitation of the uh podcast studio once we're done yeah it's gonna be very phlegmy <laughs> I, th- I i mentioned you guys earlier but, but I, I think it's pretty uh, ironic that all three of us are sick in one way or the other and our guest this week is ethan ansick I suppose you could stretch <laughs> my, to find a little that's, humor that's, there. That's my poor pun of the day. Oh, man. At least he said it was poor and I didn't have to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as James just alluded to, we were fortunate enough to be joined in studio by Manton's Ethan Ansick, outstanding basketball player for the Rangers who just graduated. He's on his way to Michigan and was also uh, part of a... Yahoo Sports story regarding children's homelessness, and he was gracious enough to give us uh, some of his time to sit down and talk about being a part of that story and some of the reactions he got, so we'll go over that. You certainly don't want to miss that, and you know I'll, I'll preface it when we get to the interview, but if you haven't read that story by Yahoo Sports, just Google Ethan Ansick Yahoo, and it'll be the first result. I promise you that the read is worth your time. The author of that story, Eric Adelson, he did a phenomenal job detailing Ethan's story, uh, so you don't want to miss out on that. Certainly feel free to hit the pause button, go take a read, and then please rejoin us for the interview. In addition to the interview, this podcast is loaded with Dream Team and all-region athletes from boys and girls track and field and girls soccer. Girls soccer, of course, uh, ran in print on Sunday The track teams are upcoming this weekend, so if you want a little bit of a preview on those teams to see who to look out for, we'll go over that. And then we'll have another retroactive version of the Get Around Hall of Fame. We've got three athletes who had outstanding seasons that we're going to put in, with uh, all of which uh, carry a little bit of soccer flair to this group of three. And then in the trifecta, we will discuss our favorite all-star weekend activities considering baseball, basketball, football or not, and (laughs) hockey. So let's check the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. We're going to start off with girls track and field all-region team. And the way we're going to do it today, uh, we're only going to go over dream teamers. So If you're listening and you think you may be on the team and you're a student-athlete, make sure you check Saturday's paper uh, for second team and honorable mentions if your name is not among those on the Dream Team. Then we'll jump into Boys Track and Field, which will run in Sunday's edition, so be sure to pick up copies of those. And then, uh, of course, Soccer, which ran this previous Sunday. Uh, We will just 
recap that real quick since unfortunately we did not have an opportunity to record ahead of time for that team. But again, with that, we'll just go over the Dream Teamers. And, uh, you know, if you have to shuffle through the papers on the desk at home to find that, uh, you certainly can. That ran last Sunday. I will get us started with our coach of the year uh, before we get into the athletes, and that is Andrew Place of Boyne City. Place led Boyne City's impressive squad, complete with elite sprinters, hurdler, and pole vaulter, to a fifth-place team finish at the Division Three state finals. The Ramblers' 29 points were just seven out of third place, and Boyne City also won a regional championship. Uh, up in the high jump and long jump is Isabel Anderson from Petoskey. The, uh, the senior posted local top five distances in the high jump and long jump, top of the field with a five-foot-four jump uh, in the high jump, and uh, also won conference and regional championships. She also fielded the area's fifth-best long jump at 15 feet, 8.85 inches in a Big North Conference championship win. Jake, you've got a state champion to, to and, go over for yeah, us. At an end of the dream team, like Brett said, a Division Three state champion in the pole vault, uh, Anna Harmeling. She is also going to be put on there for the long jump as well. She's a senior from Boyne City. And uh, she won that Division Three state championship with a vault of 11 feet 6 inches after completely annihilating the competition all season. She went 11 for 11 in competitions and never lost an event, including the, the conference, regional, and state titles. She won the MITCA meet and had a season-best vault of 12 feet. She also completed the long jump in the state finals, uh, won a regional championship in that as well, and her best jump was 14 feet 6.25 inches. Tegan Wayward, a senior for Manistee, is on the dream team for her efforts in the discus and shot put. Wayward performed well in both throwing disciplines and posted the second-best discus throw of 115 feet 3 inches and the fifth-best shot put of 35 feet 1.5 inches among area athletes. At Traverse City Central freshman Leah Dozma, uh, she's also up for the shot put in discus. Uh, one of the area's top throwers as a freshman, grabbing the second-best Shot put at uh, 36 feet 7 inches and the fifth best discus throw at 105 feet 4 inches. Next up on the dream team is a junior from Manton, uh, Madison Hillard. She is going to be up there for the discus and her best throw of the season was 125 feet and 3 inches. And an off day at the state finals resulted in an 18th place finish, but she won, the event, she won the event nine times, including a regional and a conference championship. Cadillac sophomore Brooke Kahani joins the dream team. For the shot put and the discus, none dominated the shot put quite like Kahani, who won the event nine times. She made the area's best toss at 38 feet in a regional championship win. She also won the discus six times and claimed the area's third best attempt at 112 feet, five inches. Traverse City West makes an appearance here with both its 3,200 relay team of Morgan Lyon, Maddie Dome, Hannah Smith, and Audrey Brond. Uh, the Titans took their impressive 4x8 team to the Division I state finals and secured an eighth-place finish in 9 minutes, 23.07 seconds. Another relay team to the Dream Team, uh, the 1600 relay team from Kingsley. The team consisted of Remy King, J.C. King, Bethany McNair, and Brittany Bowman. Uh, the Stags won almost double-digit uh, 1600 relays over the course of the season. Uh, the best time was a 6th place finish at 4 minutes, 9.70 seconds at the Division Three State Finals. As we hit the two sprinting relays, uh, something that's pretty impressive is the fact that Boyne City has the top two in both and yet virtually have an entirely different four, four runners in each race. In the 4x200, Josie Bailing, Lydia Cotton, Avery Stat, and Evlut Ray 
posted the area's fastest 4 by 200 relay time, a minute 46.09 seconds, and the Ramblers grabbed third place at the Division Three finals. The Boyne City's 400 relay team is also on there. Anna Harmeling, Molly Day, uh, Madison Matthew, and Ray as well, the only person that uh, appears on both of their sprint relays. Uh, no other team ran faster than their 4 by 100 with 51.44 seconds. They earned an 8th place finish at the Division Three state finals. Lydia Cotton from Boyd City, the junior, impressed in the hurdles in the area this year. She will be on the, the Dream Team for both the 300 and the 100 hurdles. She squared off with Brittany Bowman from Kingsley in the 300 or Division Three state championships. Uh, Cotton edged Bowman by four hundredths of a second for a state runner-up finish at 46.41 seconds. Uh, that time earned Cotton the fastest by an area athlete on the year, and she also ran the third fastest 100 hurdles at 16.21 seconds. Anyone who was paying attention to track and field this year had to know this name was coming up. Uh, Traverse City West freshman phenom Hannah Smith for the 3200, the 1600, and the 800. Uh, she posted such an impressive freshman campaign, it was difficult to adequately describe, but she was a three-event dynamo, uh, claimed the best local time of the year in the 3200 with a 10 minutes, 33.62 seconds, and all-state finish at the Division One state championships. She claimed the second best time in the 1600 at 4 minutes, 57.68 seconds, and the 800, 2 minutes, 19.58 seconds. She set multiple school records during the season, routinely breaking ones she had just set, and uh, pretty safe to say that she was this close, and if you could see how close my fingers are to one another, uh, to being our track athlete of the year. But uh, she is not, but certainly worthy of the dream team, and I, I think she, she'll have... Uh, a hold of that title at least once, if not, you know, Multiple three years times, running yeah. here coming up. Yeah, and she didn't take Cherry Festival week off either. She was in the Golden Mile. She finished second in that. And then uh, she also entered in the uh, the festival races and was in the top five uh, in there, too, against a pretty large field. It was a razor-thin margin when we were talking about player of the year. So I definitely think Hannah Smith will have her day. Point City sophomore Adri- Avery Statt is up in the 800. Uh, she claimed a regional championship in the event and posted the best local time of 217.95 during a 7th place finish at the Division Three state championships. She won the event three times during the season to go with six runner-up finishes and improved her time by nearly 16 seconds over the course of the season. That's a lot of time to go off of a run. That, over one season, that's a lot, so... Um, adding next, uh, running in the 400. We had a couple going for, onto the Dream Team for the 400, but the first one would be the senior from TC Central, Paige Kerrigan. Uh, she never had a chance to run up against our other Dream Team member from the 400, who we'll get to in just a second, but uh, she did win the Big North Car- Conference crown and the Record Eagle ro- Honor Roll title at that meet. Uh, she finished with her second-best 400 time of the season there at a 101 0.05. Josie Bailing, who we mentioned earlier as part of one of those Boyne City relay teams, uh, ran the fastest 400 in the area, uh, closing in on a minute flat. She posted the best time at 1 minute 0.47 seconds. And she also played softball for the Ramblers. Bailing won four times in the 400 and placed seventh at the Division Three finals. Then in the 100 and 200, we've got uh, Boyne City junior Evolute Ray, uh, Boyne City was loaded with talented female athletes, uh, especially at sprinters, and Ray was one of the top ones that they had. Um, she had the second fastest local 100 uh, in 12.84 seconds and the third quickest 200 in 26.69. Uh, 
combining for 12 victories on the season. She placed ninth at the 100 in the uh, Division Three state finals. Rachel Nesberg, a senior from Charlevoix, turned in the top 200 time of the season, 26.21 seconds, as she makes a return uh, to the Record Eagle Dream Team for girls track and field. She won a regional championship and finished fifth place at the Division Three state championships. She was also on the soccer team, yes, right? Yes, I was about to mention, and as if you saw this past weekend, Rachel also was part of the first team Dream Team for the Record Eagle on the soccer side, so definitely a very, very uh, dangerous dual-sport athlete. Now, Mary Claire Smelter from Benzie Central, uh, she was in the is on the Dream Team for the 100 and the 200, another sprinter. Uh, she's a return from last year uh, after another uh, stellar season. She earned the top 100 time, which was uh, 12.34 seconds in the area, and she won the event eight times over the season. She put up a second-best time in the 200 at 26.64 seconds, and she won that one six times. Uh, she competed in both the events at the state finals and definitely impressed there as well. So we decided to do things a little bit differently with the track and field dream teams. Hopefully we can continue to do this going forward. But in the past, we only had one track and field athlete of the year. And uh, we just decided that, one, there were enough deserving athletes, but two, difficult to choose one over another when you're considering the two sides of the sport in track and in field. So we... For the first time, we are going with a field athlete of the year and a track athlete of the year. And uh, our field athlete of the year is Kingsley sophomore Brittany Bowman. Now, she was probably good enough to win either of these awards, uh, but gets the field athlete of the year because of her explosiveness in the long jump. She makes the dream team as long jump, 100 hurdles, 300 hurdles, and the 200. She also was part of that Kingsley relay team that made the dream team. So just an incredible year for her. Uh, everybody should know the type of explosive power and speed that she has by now as she's showcased her skills in three different sports. Of all the Record Eagle area athletes, Bowman had the top long jump at 16 feet, 8.5 inches, the best 100 hurdles time at 15.94 seconds, the second best 300 hurdle time at 46.45, and even grabbed the sixth fastest 200, 27.34 Bowman won four titles at the Record Eagle Honor Roll Meet and competed in the same four events, the long jump, the 100 hurdles, the 300 hurdles, and the 4x400 relay at the Division Three state championships. Certainly deserving of this award. So now you can see why we needed to have a track and a field athlete because there was no way that we well, could Well, it just have, makes sense, right? I mean, it's track and, and field. And field, exactly. There was no way we could have separated these two athletes, and you'll see in just a second who our other one is. We, uh, we have a, a repeat track athlete of the year, uh, and that is Traverse City Central senior C.L. Carney. Uh, her decorated prep career comes to a close, and this spring she was phenomenal yet again in the 1600 and 3200. She was definitely pushed by that Traverse City West freshman Hannah Smith like we talked about, but uh, Carney grabbed the nod courtesy of winning more head-to-head races topping Smith in the 1600 and 3200 at the Big North Conference Championships and Regional Championship meets. Carney won eight races in 2018 and earned All-State honors in both events. Carney's top times on the season were 4 minutes 54.81 seconds in the 1600, which makes my mile time look like I'm about 900 years old, 
and 10 minutes, 39.74 seconds in the 3200. She's set to begin her collegiate athletic career at the Big Ten's Northwestern University. So congratulations to all of these fantastic girls track and field athletes. Incredible season. And of course, like I mentioned before, we've got a second team. We've got an honorable mention list. So please check out the July 14th edition of the Traverse City Record Eagle for the entire list of all region players as well as photos of our top athletes of the year. All right, we're going to jump in with the boys track and field all region team. And again, there is a second team. There is an honorable mention. Those will be in Sunday, July 15th edition of the Record Eagle. So you can check that out. But we're going to go over the dream team here. And we're going to begin with the coach of the year, a name that has been our coach of the year many times. I don't have an official count, but it's got to be a lot. Trevor City Central's John Lober. Another year, another Big North championship, another regional championship, and yet one more top 10 state finish. Uh, Lober also coached Cassidy Henshaw to a state championship in the high jump. All right, our first member of the dream team is uh, Cadillac junior pole vaulter Zachary Elmore. Elmore went head-to-head with, uh, with Zach Flint of Manton, uh, registering a season-high height of 14 feet 3 inches in the same uh, meet. Elmore won the event six times and finished fourth at the Division II state finals. And as James had mentioned, another one of our dream team members is Zach Flint from Manton, another pole vaulter. They went back and forth, he and Elmore, uh, but in Division Four. Uh, Zach Flynn was able to bring a state championship back to Manton with a vault of 13 feet 6 inches. His best vault of the season was 14 feet 3 inches. It was just a few days before the state finals, but he was able to uh, bring home that hardware with a shorter jump. He won the event all 13 times he participated in it this year. David Downing, Traverse City West senior, joins the Dream Team as a high jumper and hurdler specialist in the 110 and 300 varieties. He showcased his leaping ability in a number of events in 2018 and posted the region's second-best high jump, 6 feet 3.25 inches, the fifth-best time in the 110 hurdles at 15.44 seconds, and the sixth-best time in the 300 hurdles at 42.33. In the shot put in discus, Traverse City Central senior Bowen Bruner. Bo racked up 11 victories on the season, uh, five in the shot put, six in the discus, won regional championships in both, including a personal best shot put throw of 51 feet two and a quarter inches he placed fifth at the division one finals with a pr of 163 feet eight inches in the discus another shot put and discus thrower added to the dream team is cadillac senior jacob kahani kahani may not have had the top distance in the shot or the discus but he was elite in the area in both of those events he had the region's second best shot put of 51 feet 9 inches and the third best discus throw of 146 feet 3 inches. He had a sixth place shot put finish at the Division II finals as well. Gaylord Jr. Demetrius Miller joins the Dream Team for the discus. Miller was Gaylord's shining star for the season, winning the discus each of his first eight events, including conference, with a throw of 165 feet 11 inches and a regional title. He placed third at the Division II state finals. Also in the shot put in discus, we've got Jacob Ager, a senior from Boyne City. He and Bowen, Bowen Bruner would both also be guys who were on the uh, all-region team for football. Ager was uh, far and away the area's top shot put specialist, won a state championship to prove it with a 55, 59 feet, 10-inch throw at the finals. 
You won the event 9 out of 10 times on the season and also grabbed the 4th best discus throw at 143 feet 9 inches. Our first relay team to make the Dream Team is the 3200 relay team from Benzie Central. The team consisting of Noah Barnes, Tyler Kinty, Pedro Roman, and Connor McLaren. They grabbed wins at the regional and the Record Eagle Honor Roll meets and set the, their blistering season best time of 8 minutes, 8 seconds, 8.80 seconds for a 5th place finish at the Division Three State Finals. It was almost 9 seconds faster than at their previous best time on the season. Motivation. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going into the finals, I'm sure you want to run your best, but 9 seconds to cut off in a single race is extremely impressive. Now, we had four different schools represented among the four relays. Kingsley takes the 1600 behind Sand Dunlap, Connor Hall, Colin Graham, and Garrett Hessem. The 4x4 team was used to finishing near the top of the field. This foursome never finished worse than third outside of a fourth-place finish at the Division Three Finals, where they posted a time of 3 minutes, 26.66 seconds. The 800 team is from Kalkaska, a team of Cole McKenzie, Micah Miller, Keegan Burley, and Grant Reichman. Uh, the 800 team ran rough shot over the competition during the 2018 campaign, registering five victories with this foursome. The Blazers grabbed eighth place with a 1 minute 32 second .45 at the Division Three State Finals. And the last relay team to make it onto our 2018 Dream Team would be the 400 relay team from Traverse City West. The Titans of Bo Tucker, Eric Labonte, Tony Gallegos and J.P. Pulowski uh, ran his fastest time at the Division I State Finals with a 43.30 seconds, and they finished 13th with that time. Uh, there was only one, less than one second behind the state champion, so you can tell how tightly contested that race was. Kingsley senior Garrett Hessem, uh, who was just on that 4x400 relay, he joins the Dream Team individually for the 300 hurdles. He blew the field away with his 300 hurdle time. His fastest pace of 40.24 seconds earned him a Northwest Conference title. He also won the record Eagle Honor Roll meet, placed second at regionals, and grabbed an all-state finish at the Division Three finals. He won the event eight times on the year. Cadillac senior Andrew Giddens is up next in the, for the 110 and 300 hurdles. Giddens excelled in both hurdling events, posting top three times in the 110 at 15.07 seconds and 300 at 41.46 seconds. He placed 12th at the Division II Finals in the 110 hurdles and won a Big North title in the 300. He had 11 victories combined between the two events this season. Now somebody who's already shown up on this Dream Team once, but Tyler Kinty from Benzie Central, the sophomore, has really been on a meteoric rise just two years into his young prep career. Only Traverse City Central's Morgan McGrew uh, posted faster 1,600 times than the Benzie sophomore. Kitty qualified for both events at the Division Three State Finals and placed All-State in the 1600 with a time of 4 minutes, 27.18 seconds. His top time in the 3200 was 9 minutes, 59.70 seconds this year. The aforementioned Morgan McGrew, Traverse City Central senior, he also makes the Dream Team in, in the 1600 and 3200. He's been one of the area's premier distance runners in track and field and cross-country for years, and the senior dominated the competition during this season with top times in the 1600 at 4 minutes 23.58 seconds in the 3200 9 minutes 40.01 seconds McGrew won 6 races a big north title in the 3200 a record eagle honor roll crown in the 1600 and he placed 16th at the division 1 finals in the 1 mile Kingsley Jr. Colin Graham already mentioned as part of one of the relay teams also here as an individual in the 400 and 800 
Um, had had just had an outstanding season this year, especially in terms of events won. Won the 400 five straight times before a third-place finish in the Record Eagle Honor Roll meet. He won the 800 four times and grabbed a fourth-place All-State finish in the Division Three finals and also won the Northwest Conference 1600 title in 4 minutes and 35 seconds. Yeah, he wasn't even inducted to our dream team for that one, but he still got the conference title, so it tells you he definitely had the <laughs> skills to go across the board. The next inductee to the dream team is the Kalkaska senior, Kyle McDowell. He is being inducted for the 400-meter and 800-meter runs. He couldn't help but rack up the championships in one form or the other. Uh, you know, the middle distance runner won the Lake Michigan Conference titles in the 100 at 11.44 seconds and the 800 in 2 minutes and 1 seconds flat. He also won regional championship in the 400 at 50.8 seconds and grabbed a state runner-up finish in the 400 meter at 49.15 seconds in the Division Three state finals. Uh, his top 800 time came in a win at the Record Eagle Honor Roll meet with a time of 1 minute 57.16 seconds in the half mile. Saunders Stoltz, Benzie Central Jr., joins the list in the 100, 200, and long jump. No Northern Michigan athlete came closer to posting a 200 time to match Traverse City West Eric Labonte. Stoltz ran at 22.64 and won the event four times during the season before grabbing an All-State sixth-place finish at the D3 Finals. Stoltz also won the 100 in his best time, 11.24 seconds. He won that eight times and qualified for the state finals. Stoltz was also a phenomenal long jumper. His best distance, 21 feet, one and a half inches, and won a conference title. Trevor City Central senior Tristan Safransky is on here for the 100, 200, and 400 meter dashes. A multi-dimensional speedster, he was among the top three times from area athletes in the 100 at 11.18 seconds, 200 at 22.85, and 400 at 51.42 seconds during the season. He also won a Big North Championship in the 400. We are now to our two athletes of the year, our field and track athletes. Our field athlete of the year is Traverse City Central senior Cassidy Henshaw. And to say that he had a dominant season uh, would be understating the fact, considering everything he did in the high jump, long jump, and 110 hurdles. Uh, he'll no doubt go down as one of, if not the greatest leaper Northern Michigan has ever seen. He won the Division I state championship in the high jump with a leap of 6 feet 9 inches, winning the event in every single competition he participated. He finished all state in the long jump, with a leap of 22 feet, 8 and 3 quarter inches, and the 110 hurdles, 14.57 seconds. He grabbed the top height, time, or distance within the record eagle coverage area in all three events, and Shaw will transition to the decathlon once at Michigan. Which I might find to be the most impressive. Ten events is a lot different, and uh, he obviously can show out in the majority of them. Wolverine's got a good one, no doubt. And our track athlete of the year, the fastest boy in Michigan, Traverse City West senior Eric Labonte won the Division I state championship in the 100-meter dash in 10.66 seconds. That time came after tinkering with his blocks and footwork right up until his finals race. The state title was the first sprinting championship for a Division I or Class A TC school, and Labonte also ran the area's fastest 200 in 21.87 seconds by better than three-quarters of a second of his closest competitor, he earned All-State honors in both events. Again, a huge round of applause to all of these athletes. Uh, that is the complete 2018 Record Eagle Boys Track and Field Dream Team. 
you can find that list as well as second team and honorable mentions and photos in Sunday, July 15th edition of the Traverse City Record Eagle. We'll now get into girls soccer all region. Our last team to run through today. Now again, boys and girls track and field are upcoming in this weekend's editions of the paper. The girls soccer all region team did run already. So if you missed that, make sure to uh, go back and find a copy. Like the track and field teams, we are going to go through the dream team only. Uh, so make sure you check out second team and honorable mentions in the paper as well. Jake, you did uh, much of the legwork on this team, so I will let you kick things off with our soccer coach of the year. Yeah, the coach of the year this year came from Elk Rapids, Andrea Krakow. She's now led them to three straight regional championship games. You know, they haven't been able to get over that hump, but still just as impressive. They finished with a record of 13 wins, three losses, and three ties on the season. So congratulations to, once again, our farthest-reaching uh, soccer team of the year. It's pretty good, too, considering they had, I mean, they had a pretty loaded schedule outside of the conference, and, uh, you know, they had upgraded that, and then just the, the crazy spring we had. Yeah, no, and that's one of the things. Interrupting teams at the beginning of the season and... Yeah, and they lost some of their. They did lose some of their games to the weather um, of their really good outside competition, but they still had plenty of, uh, you know, ways to improve themselves to get themselves over that hump next year. And I know Krakow is ready to do it because they still have a young team. You know, one of our dream teamers from Elk Rapids, who we'll name shortly, she uh, she probably would have set the school record for career goals if not for the rough spring that we had. But with that, we will get into the players on this dream team and another elk. Not the 100-goal scorer, but goalkeeper Drew Antcliffe. The junior goalkeeper has been an absolute standout, posting 21 shutouts in two years as a varsity starter. She was second-team All-State selection and helped lead the Elks to their third straight regional title game. Charlevoix sophomore Megan Skolton is up next. Uh, Playmaking center midfielder took the reins as team captain and helps on defense regularly. She was All-State second-team and all-conference selection, scored 16 goals, added 19... Or added nine assists to that and is credited with setting up most of the Raiders scoring chances. And one of the more surprising and impressive players that came out of the area this year was a sophomore from Traverse City West, Maya Dean. First year as a Titan definitely helped make that three-headed monster that was out there. Uh, she garnered all first team, or first team all Big North Conference, all district, and all region. She was also named to the honorable mention all state team in Division One. She assisted on 20 goals and scored nine of her own on the season. Her teammate, Jalen Dobrovolsky, just a sophomore and 2017 co-player of the year, impressed in her second season as a Titan. The striker scored 16 goals and added 8 assists. She was first team all Big North and in all district selection. She totaled 40 points on the season, placing her in the top four scores in the BNC for the second straight year. Charlevoix senior Natalie Nesberg. Uh, she was honorable mention on uh, the all-conference and all-state teams. Scored 14 goals and had uh, seven assists this season, playing both forward and defense. She was also played along the back line and helped pretty much anywhere she was needed for the Raiders all season. Now, the lone Trojan on our dream team is the Traverse City Central senior, Anna Werfel. Uh, known for her stellar footwork, she did lead the Trojans in scoring this season. She had 19 goals and added five assists for that team. Quite a few young players on the team this year. Another sophomore, Paige Kohler from North Bay. Uh, she was a threat from the midfield position and scored 21 goals and registered eight assists in her second season. 
our uh, second Nesberg of the team, Rachel Nesberg, who was also on the track team that we just talked about. Uh, Charlevoix Sr. is a school record holder for points with 107. Scored 21 goals and had 11 assists this season. Deidre's forward took home all-conference and third-team all-state honors this season. Another North Bay player to add to our dream team is the junior, Sydney Dedman. A uh, very versatile striker. She led North, Bay's, North Bay in points and in goals this season. Uh, returned dream team member. Uh, she scored 23 goals and had 11 assists this year. Uh, Dedman also played some goalie for North Bay when they needed it most and was, may even be switching over to goalie full-time next year. Claire Klein, an Elk Rapids senior. She was a second-year captain, four-year starter. She scored 26 goals and assisted on 14. The dynamic midfielder is a four-time All-District selection, All-Conference the last two seasons, and a third-team All-State pick this year. All right, the last uh, Dream Teamer before we get to our Player of the Year is Elk Rapids senior Nicole Hayes. Veteran striker totaled 100 career goals starting all four years and was named team captain twice. Four-time first-team all-conference selection and all-district selection. Uh, She uh, was named first-team all-state in 2017 and 2018 in Division IV. Had 45 career assists also for Elk Rapids. Uh, This season she had uh, 24 goals and six assists. And last but not least, obviously, our player of the year is actually a repeater, the Traverse City West senior, McKenna DeVries. Now our back-to-back record Eagle Player of the Year after sharing that honor with her teammate, Jalen Dobovalski, last year. She led the Big North Conference in points this year. Uh, The four-year starter scored 21 goals and added nine assists, having totaled 51 points for the season. She was first-team All-Big North, All-District, and All-Region. She also took home... All-State Honorable Mention in Division One. So congratulations to McKenna for our Player of the Year. Well, that wraps up the Pulse. Got three all-region teams in. And again, I keep reminding everyone, please check out last Sunday's edition for the all-region soccer team, the complete list, as well as this coming Saturday and Sunday's editions for the girls' and boys' track and field a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, there was a lot going on in that pulse. There was a lot of blood flowing for that one. There was. <laughs> we'll now shift our attention to our guest interview. Ethan Ansick of Manton uh, sat down with James Cook and myself earlier today and provided us with a fantastic interview. A lot of great insight about what into the makings of the Yahoo Sports story written by Eric Adelson uh, titled The Emancipation of Ethan Ansick which details the struggles of homelessness that Ethan has experienced uh, throughout his life and just an incredible story about him and showing the character that he has developed through those struggles. And uh, he's got some really great opportunities ahead. So stay tuned for this interview. It's one you don't want to miss. And again, Google Ethan Ansick, Yahoo, read the story. It's a great read. You will not regret it. Listen to the interview now. I'd like to welcome in Manton's Ethan Ansick to the Get Around. Uh, thanks for joining us, Ethan. We appreciate you taking the time to drive up to Traverse City. Yes, of course. I'd love to do this, and I'm glad I could be here. 
Well, we've got a lot of things to go over with with Ethan. We've been looking forward to this interview for quite some time. He has graduated from Manton. Uh, looking to, or he is going to Michigan uh, this fall, but he's got some hopeful basketball plans there as far as a possible walk-on or manager role. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about his uh, basketball career at Manton, where he spent most of his time growing up. And we'll talk about the run Manton made to the Final Four, of which Ethan, unfortunately, didn't get to be a part of, uh, but he was there cheering him on the whole way. And then, of course, Ethan was the subject of a Yahoo Sports story called The Emancipation of Ethan Ansick. Uh, if you haven't already read that story, I encourage anyone to check it out. Really phenomenal piece of journalism, and huge kudos to Ethan uh, for being willing to share his story uh, with Eric Adelson, uh, who was who was the writer. Yeah, if you Google Yahoo Ethan Ansick, it is literally the first thing that comes up. So let's start there, Ethan. Uh, we, we'll get into the other things later, but this story, just for a brief summary, Eric, the writer, uh, kind of found you by doing some calling around. Uh, he was looking to do a story on uh, children who have been through homeless situations and through a series of phone calls eventually found you and uh you know wrote this story about the uh times that you spent going back and forth between detroit area and manton and uh you know how that impacted your basketball career and family life and all that so again i'm not going to get too deep into this uh we'll let people read the story but just what was your first reaction when uh, Eric reached out to you and, and your thoughts about doing this story in particular. I was definitely glad that he reached out and heard from the counselors about my story, and he was really interested in the fact that I was able to get into Michigan because he had grown up in Ann Arbor, and he wanted to hear my story and try and connect what I had going on to you know, some other kids that had the same struggles or had it worse and wanted to give a lot of kids an outlet, and I was glad to do that. What was the process like? We've kind of heard secondhand a little bit to this point, but you spent several hours with Eric just answering a lot of questions, I'm assuming. What, I mean, was that difficult, uh, even though you, know, you, were, you were willing and, and stepped forward into that? And uh, I mean, I guess, what were the emotions like and, and the process of that like? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of sit-down talk and a lot of questions he had, and it was, quite frankly, a lot of questions that nobody had asked me before, and I didn't really ever, you know, talk about a lot of things that we talked about to other people, but, you know, it's not terrible to get it off your chest and, you know, answer those questions that people have, and I think it was it was good for me. What was the feeling like once you had that off your chest, like you said? Uh, it was good. It was I was kind of nervous for other people to have their own thoughts on it or have you know how they took it in but you know it's just my life and how I explained it and what I've been through so you said that nobody had ever really asked you a lot of these questions before did you feel like over time you wished somebody was asking you these questions and then this kind of happened or or how 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 was that yeah it was kind of it's kind of one of those things where you know in the back of my head I was like you know I would like to explain how I felt or explain what happened and you know that was my chance to you know get that out there 
Now, your, your Manton teammate, uh, who's also graduated now and going to play basketball at Lake Superior State, he's the one that a lot of times uh, you were living with as you grew up and went, went through high school. People within the school, did they know that at the time or ever ask you questions about it, or was it kind of quiet? Uh, you know, that small town, you know, everybody kind of knows my situation and their situation and how much they've helped me out and you know just how much I stay there and you know they've always been my support and taking me to sports taking me to tournaments you know I've always been with them the whole time so what's the I mean I said friends but what is the relationship between you and Jaden and and the rest of his family because I'd imagine it that maybe the word friend doesn't quite adequately describe what that relationship is like it's it's definitely family it's you know, over the years, it's his little sister is my little sister, and you know, being around their family and their aunts and uncles, and going to their family events, it's like it's my second family, and it's really, really nice to be a part of. Did you learn anything about yourself through this process of of detailing all all of all of this and everything you went through through your childhood to to Eric Adelson? Uh, yeah, I learned I learned a lot about myself and how my message can know be portrayed and how people will take it in and a lot about my communication skills with other people I'd say. What's been the, the prevailing reaction from people that have uh, read the story and, and, and talked to you about it? A lot of positive. There was a lot of people who contacted me through Facebook, through Instagram, just you know saying thank you for for letting us all know what happened with you and People have said they had the same story, the exact same thing going on with them and how they got through it and just, you know, nice conversations with everybody. And then there was a lot of, you know, I don't know about negative, but my family members who maybe thought they were left out of it or people didn't get the credit, which really, you know, it's not what I wanted anyone to feel like because, you know, that was just my part of the story. There was a lot of left out. There was a lot of huge people left out of my life and everyone's helped me out through the entire story and it's just it's amazing now i mean obviously part of that is the writer you guys spent a number of hours together i'm sure he had enough that he could have written three or four pieces that long with everything that you gave him so obviously it comes down to him deciding how the story gets structured and what what gets uh included or left out i mean what was your when you read it what was your impression of the story how did you feel about the job that he did i think he did an amazing job he did he you know constructed it how he portrayed it and you know he laid out he made it very emotional i i was sitting in michigan's orientation at the time when he put out the article and I was reading it while they were doing one of their meetings I probably should have been paying attention (laughs) and I was I was reading this article in the first paragraph or two I started tearing up and it was just it was amazing piece he did but I think he he simplified it and put it in a way that you know speaks loud now you you knew he was from Yahoo Sports so I'm guessing you kind of had an idea of how many people would read this but once the reaction started coming in, were you still a bit surprised as to how incredibly large the the reception of the story was? Yes, it was. It was definitely. It was insane. Today, actually, it was funny. I went to the dentist, and the person that was, you know, I think was a what do you call it? 
receptionist. The, the hygienist? Yes. She <coughs> was actually like, oh, yeah, I read your story on Facebook or something. I said, what? How did How did you even, like, know that or know me? I had no idea who she was, but it was it was crazy to hear that that got out. And he first contacted me. He said he was at the NFL draft when he called me. And he was just trying to get a piece of my story and then flew in from Florida, which is crazy. So I'm glad it got out. You had said how you had hoped by sharing your story that it might help someone else. Obviously, you know, you don't need to name someone, but have you have you had people in a similar situation reach out and tell you how this how this story has affected them or helped them in any way? Yes, I had two or three people on Twitter actually message me and say, you know, I'm I'm going through this right now actually and like this is a big part of my life and they kind of asked me for some advice on how I got through it and what I did. And we just had a nice long talk and basically shared our own stories and, you know, how we've fought through it. So so what was that biggest piece of advice? I mean, I know as people will, will uh, see or have already seen, basketball was a big part of what helped you. Is that what you told them or, or how did you, what was the advice that you gave? I, I said stay occupied. I, I, through the whole thing, I stayed occupied with sports basketball is my thing and it's just you have to find that outlet that works for you and you know everyone has their own thing whether it's just studying more or if it's art or music just sports in general it's it's a great outlet for anybody i think that's kind of a coping mechanism for that kind of bit or or, or something something at least kept your mind off of things yes it's just when you pick up a ball and you go in the gym you're not really thinking anything about What's, what's going on after that? You're worried about getting better and having fun. How easy did basketball make it for you to focus in an otherwise difficult situation? I mean, were there still opportunities or times that you can look back on and look like, be like, hey, wow, if I had made a different choice here, things could be very different for me? Or did basketball and, the, the for instance, the Perry family support that you had, did that kind of keep you pretty consistent? I definitely, when I had a tough decision to make or there was a lot going on, I'd just go in the gym and I'd have time to think about it and I'd have time to just overlook everything going on and I'd go to the Perry's. I'd go to my grandma, I'd go to other family members and they'd always help me through it. I know one thing they mentioned that Eric mentioned in the story was the uh, the cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah, that, the Marion. I know, that is like one of the things <clears throat> that I remember from when I was a kid. Like the most about man is the gigantic cinnamon rolls yep. at the Marion. I mean, those things are like the size of your head. That's I've the first thing in there, and they're awesome. That's the first <laughs> thing he said to us when he got there is how he just absolutely went to town on those cinnamon rolls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to go try one. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, James Cook, he uh, spent a lot of his childhood in Manton. Family had a hunting cabin there, so he's familiar with the cinnamon rolls. You do you do popcorn rankings during the basketball season. If you did a cinnamon roll rankings, would anybody top top the ones in Manton? Oh, I don't know. Manton would have to be number one there. <laughs> number number two, I think, would be Eskin. There's a place in Escanaba that's really good, but man would be the, the Marianne would be first. That's what I like here. Well, again, like I said to you before, Ethan, I read the story. I thought Eric did an incredible job. I thought the job that you did telling your story and being willing to open up about a tough situation like that showed a lot of character. And now you have an ability to, to help some other people in similar situations. And, you know, you've 
through it all, persevered and, and set yourself up uh, to have future success. You're going to be a freshman at the University of Michigan this fall. And before we get into the basketball thing, I mean, what's the, what are you looking to do as far as schooling and, and what perhaps a postgraduate career might look like for you? Uh, I got accepted into the school of nursing, so I'll be happy to follow my grandma's footsteps in nursing. And, you know, there's not a lot of males in the field, but I think it's, it's needed. And I'm glad I'll be able to go into a profession where I can help other people and I can be the support system that people need in, in the hospitals and, you know, maybe be a PA in the future and, you know, kind of specialize in what I'm doing. Well, let's not move on too quickly from that. Your grandma, what was her name? Ursula St. Clair. Okay, and she was a nurse her entire life pretty much? Yeah, she's been a nurse for, I think, over 40 years now. Oh, wow. Yep. So what? describe your relationship with your grandma. I mean, how early on did you realize, wow, okay, I see what, she, I see what she's doing. That's that's what I want to do. Uh, she's she's always been there for me. She's she's definitely, ever since my mom passed and way before that and everything, it's just, she's always been my rock and someone I can bounce questions off. And she's always making sure I'm getting everything done and ready for college. So, you know, she's always been amazing for me. And seeing her do the nursing it kind of steered me when I was younger and you know how much she helped others and definitely inspired me to go do the same so what was her reaction when you got accepted into the nursing school I gotta imagine she was pretty proud I was driving downstate to see her actually and I I got the email from Michigan and I immediately called her and within the first five seconds she was bawling her eyes out (laughs) just yelling in the phone she was so happy that's awesome so at Michigan, you're hoping to join the basketball program as either a manager or a walk-on. Uh, you prefer walk-on, I would imagine. Yes, that would be that would be amazing. It's you know what I'm shooting for. So you've been uh, in contact with one of the Wolverines' assistant coaches. You haven't had any direct contact with Coach Beeline yet. Uh, but what have you what have you been doing to stay in the assistant's ear and, and also improve your your game uh, at the same time so that if and when that opportunity comes along you're ready? Uh, me and Coach Taylor from Manton have been in contact with him uh, for the past at least three months now. Just texts here and there, a reminder in his ear, just you know, basically saying, hey, he's staying ready. He wants the opportunity, and you know, I hope that when that opportunity does come, I feel like I'm I'm definitely ready for it. I've been working hard and whatever I've basically just told myself I have nothing to lose. I might as well go all for it and you know, whatever works out it was meant to be and if I'm a manager, I would also love that. I would just want to be a part of that that team. You've been a Wolverine fan your whole life? Oh yeah. My uncle went there, two cousins and it's just I've grown up, uh, that's my dream school, and to be a part of the basketball team would be unbelievable. What, what uh, If you were a manager, what would your roles kind of be? Uh, it's a lot of helping the coaches out during practice, and you know, as you, as you go through the years of doing that, if you don't get moved to a walk-on, you break down film. As you're like a junior and senior, you end up traveling with the team. It's, it's basically, you, you gotta help out the coaches, and you're there to put in the hours to rebound for guys to after practice whenever they need you get in the gym with them it's just it's a big commitment in it with the studies so it's going to be a lot of time not in the library reading books <laughs> and studying for my tests but yeah. you know it's it's a commitment that you know I'm willing to willing to take are you looking to stay involved with basketball after you're done with college 
maybe like in a coaching capacity or anything like that? Yeah, or? I was going to say the manager spot, the manager spot it, it would seem a, like it would prepare you well for a coaching role after school. I think I definitely would love to coach. You know, I've, I've always wanted to be a part of that, and I think being around the one of the best coaches in college basketball, Beeline, would be a great way to learn a lot. And probably, I mean, Coach Hiller's probably somebody – could probably pick some things up too. Oh my God! <laughs> he is so intelligent. Just the, the way he goes about things is something amazing. And you know, I've learned a lot from him. When it, besides coaching, just being a dad, just seeing him interact with his family, it's it's amazing. He's a great guy and always willing to give me anything and just always making sure I have everything that I need to be taken care of and all the other guys. And it's just he's a standout dude. No, I mean you were at Manton as a freshman, and then uh, then you were down at Wald Lake for uh, your sophomore and junior seasons. Um, you came back as a senior. How how tough was it being away from Manton and watching what what the guys were able to kind of accomplish without you? And thinking, man, maybe if I was there, maybe we get to that final game and and, and have a different outcome. Uh, it was it was tough, you know. Like how I was so incredibly happy for those guys, but there was also that devil on my shoulder saying gosh I wish I could play down there with them but it was it was awesome seeing the community rally around them and you know be able to go to a lot of the tournament games and see their success and you know talking to Jaden about it it's just it's something he's never going to forget and I'll never forget it and I wish I could have been on the court with those guys but you know it was it was still amazing to be able to cheer them on. How many of those games were you able to go to? I was the ones in Houghton Lake I went to the Breslin I was uh, I was streaming the game in Petoskey from a Starbucks, actually. <laughs> I had to stop on the side of the road and go into Starbucks and watch those guys play. But, you know, I was just trying to stay stay in the loop with everything as much as possible. Jaden's name keeps coming up a lot. Uh, but that, if I'm remembering correctly, that game, he hits the game winner, game winner. with his patented little shoulder shake at the at the elbow yep. if you guys are playing one-on-one or in practice or whatever I mean how hard is it even though you know it's coming how hard is it to stop that shot <laughs> he knows he can't make that shot on me <laughs> no matter how, how many times he's tried it he can't beat me one-on-one and he'll always know that well you had a little bit of a size advantage well, yeah a little him. bit a little bit you're you're what sick they issue it. I've seen all kinds of differences from like six six to six eight. Yeah, six six is more accurate. Okay. 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 And Jaden's like what five nine? Yeah, he's a little guy. <laughs> Pretty quick though. Yeah, yeah, sure is. So, I mean, with that six six, pretty athletic. Where do you think your or what attributes best translate? Do you think that you'd be able to help out in these roles that you're you're chasing at Michigan? I think definitely. Being able to put, I'm just, I think I'd classify myself as, you know, a workhorse, someone who would go there and push those other guys to get better and be able to, you know, knock down shots when I need to, but mainly just be that that hustle guy that a lot of coaches look for and, you know, try and make everybody else better. So how do you, how do you best sum up your your Manton career, and I'm not necessarily just talking high school, you know, your freshman and senior years, but all the time you've spent there, how do, as you go to Ann Arbor now for uh, for college, how do you sort of look back and uh, describe your time in Manton? Uh, it's, it's been amazing. So many good memories there, and, you know, as, as the time's ticking down, and I think, wow, I'm going to be in college here in another month, it's, it's kind of... It's kind of sad to be leaving Manton again, but 
you know, Ann Arbor is going to, you know, hopefully treat me very well. But it's also sad to step away from everybody in Manton for a little bit. But hopefully I'll be able to come back every summer and hang out and be around everybody. How special was it to be able to get that senior year in at Manton? It was amazing. I, you know, I wish it could have been all four years. Like I had dreamt of going through middle school there and hopefully being on a thousand point club and you know playing those four years with everybody. But being able to return my senior year and see everybody and it was just so so many emotions the whole year and you know it definitely gave me another side of motivation you know through training and getting ready for that season. And you played more sports in Manton than you did down in Wald Lake, right? I mean, you're a three-sport athlete this year yeah. for, for Man. Did you play anything other than basketball down at Wald Lake? Uh, I played baseball and football my freshman year I went down there, but I ended up not playing baseball my sophomore and junior year, but definitely stuck with football and basketball the entire time. Basketball is your favorite, though, right? It is, for sure. That's That'll always be my sport. <laughs> what comes in second? Football. Yeah? Yeah. Tight end, receiver? Tight end and wide receiver. Okay. Pretty good hands? Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say they're not too bad. What is, what's the main difference between living in a small town like Manton and then when you went down and, and lived in a, a pretty, pretty much bigger school in Wald Lake? Uh, what it was you? intimidating. It was the first day I went down to Wald Lake Northern. It was insane seeing how big that school was. And it was that first year, and actually the year after that, it was – it was a lot of intimidation. I was kind of went from being that kid everybody knew in Manton to the kid who nobody knew downstate, and it was definitely a big change. And I stayed isolated a lot and didn't have a whole lot of friends. But then as time went on and sports really helped me out with making connections, and it ended up going over pretty good. But it was it was amazing to get back to where I am now. Was that part of your motivation for just deciding one day, you know, I'm going gonna, gonna to pack up and, and move back to Manton. Yeah, it was it was a lot of feeling left out. It was like seeing everybody have a good time up here kind of made me think, wow, I should have never left. And, you know, it definitely made me want to get back even more. Was there ever a point in Wild Lake where you got at least somewhat comfortable or was it just kind of a day-to-day grind? I'd say my junior year is when, you know, I started settling in and I made a lot more connections and you know, at one time I was like, you know, I think it, I think I'd be okay if I stayed here another year. But then again, I was like, I do not want to miss out on my last year at Manton. So it was definitely, it. I settled in for sure. You feel now like you absolutely made the right decision. Yes, for awesome. sure. No regrets on, on coming back my last year. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Jake Atnip, uh, who was not part of this interview, at least not in person, he did prepare his wheelhouse questions uh, that we go over uh, with each guest that we have, and it's just five pretty simple, quick questions. You know, elaborate on them as much as you'd like, uh, but this hopefully will be a little bit of a fun way to end the interview. So, James, I'll let you take the questions. Go ahead. All right, who is your favorite NBA super team? My favorite NBA super team. A couple of examples he has written down here would be the Bulls in the 90s, you know, Warriors now, Heat, that kind of <sighs> stuff. I got to go with Warriors now, just like I'm a bandwagon, so <laughs> I definitely like seeing them win. I like Steph Curry a lot, so I definitely have to hop on that one. What's your favorite post-game snack? Post-game snack, I'd say some watermelon. 
Mm. I can always go for some watermelon whenever. Uh, what's your least favorite but most beneficial workout? I mean, what's the thing that Coach Hiller makes you do that you're like, damn it, I don't You know it makes it. you better, but. Damn it, I don't want to do this. But <laughs> I would say, okay, that's, that's easy now. I'd say line drills for sure. He's always got us running, doing line drills and doing sprints, and I, I hate it, but I know it'll benefit me. Uh, what's your favorite holiday and why? Shoot, I'd say Christmas for sure, because that means family time, and I get to see everybody again and get to see everyone I don't get to see a whole lot and be around everybody. What's your dream car? Dream car, I'd say the Dodge Demon, because I, I love speed, and those things can go pretty fast. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, that uh, wraps up this interview. We really appreciate Manton's Ethan Ansick joining us in studio and wish him nothing but the best of luck as he heads off to Michigan. We'll be keeping an eye on Ann Arbor, see what's going on over there for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me up here. Hopefully you pop up on that roster. I hope so. Thanks again to Manton's Ethan Ansick for joining us before he heads off to Ann Arbor this fall. I'm pretty sure, James, that that interview would have been fantastic had we left the room and just let him talk into the mic. He was a great guest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just open, honest, very well spoken. And uh, I imagine you're going to have to do a whole lot of editing that, aside from our coughing. It's just not one of those. He didn't say, oh, I think one single time, as I think you pointed out. Yeah, better he, than us then. <laughs> yeah, he was phenomenal. And, you know, after having the chance to sit down and talk with him, I think you and I are kind of both in the same boat. We've covered a number of Manton games over the last, well, last year and didn't actually have him as a post-game interview. Uh, so that was kind of the first time either of us have really gotten a chance to get to know him. And uh, he was fantastic. And, you know, I, I wish him nothing but the best. And he's, I think he's done something, you know, with this story uh, to help a lot of people, uh, including himself, as he as he kind of talked about finally being able to to get some of these things off his chest, uh, and, and the Manton community, kudos to you as well because everyone over there who you know has gone out of their way to try to make you know his childhood more stable than it may have been, you you've done a fantastic job in your own right helping raise him as well. So it was great to have Ethan. In studio, we will now transition awkwardly, awfully, <laughs> into our, maybe not so awkwardly, other deserving athletes up for this week's Get Around Hall of Fame. Uh, I mentioned before, we've got a little bit of soccer flair to this. This is a retroactive Hall of Fame, since there are no local prep athletes going at this point in season. We're making sure to include some players who probably should have been included at some point and for whatever reason did not during the regular season. It was a short season. There yeah. was only so many we could get in. Uh, but we're going to induct three soccer players today. I'll, uh, I'll start with Elk Rapids' Claire Klein. She was a dream teamer, as you just heard when we went over the all-region team. Uh, James, who have you got? Uh, North Bay Junior, Sydney Dedman. I mean, she's pretty much done just about whatever... Tom Spencer asks of her with North Bay, whether it's playing up top and being the, the goal scorer or playing back in the in at goalkeeper and preventing people from scoring goals uh, over the last couple of years. She's she's done that the last several seasons where she's ended up at times playing in goal, even though she's their most talented goal scorer. So that just uh, kind of says what kind of an athlete she is. 
And after going over all of the stats and everything uh, for the all-region soccer team, we had the conversation of how deserving some of these girls were. And surprisingly enough, our player of the year, McKenna DeVries, actually was not inducted into our Hall of Fame. Albeit a guest this spring. Yes, um, she was on the show, but uh, was not put into the Hall of Fame, which, like we talked about, is it just depends on your week and who, who you go up against, but definitely deserving. Uh, already heard all of our accolades there, uh, leading the Big North Conference and points and uh, mentioned all state, so definitely deserving with these three girls uh, getting put on our list. Congratulations to Claire Klein, McKenna DeVries, Sydney Dedman on joining the most exclusive athletic club in northern Michigan. Congratulations on having great seasons. And uh, we've just got a little bit of fun fun to go on this podcast. Yeah, it, it has been fun so far. <laughs> Maybe not quite as many out loud laughs as normal, but uh, I think it's been a quality show. That has to do with the, the sickness. Yeah, the allergies, I tell you. My mic is still mucus-free, so I'm good. I've had, we, to leave, I've had to leave the room a few times just to make sure it stayed that way. We haven't had, <laughs> we haven't had one inappropriate comment yet this week. I, I can't figure out why that would be. I have no idea. There, there's a couple of weird faces missing. Uh, we, we haven't shouted out Mr. Harrison Beebe yet, so there's the inappropriate. True, but, Har- but Harrison's not, so there we go. not generally or really ever inappropriate no. on this show. It's the other guy that we got to worry about. Yeah, but <laughs> you should. Just, don't, don't, that he who shall not be named, we leave him out. Harrison, shout out Harrison. Hello, how you doing? Valdequili. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a big Harry Potter fan. Maybe he'll appreciate that reference, James. Quildemort. Quildemort. Oh, he'll love that one. Quildemort. <laughs> that uh, doesn't sound very nice. Audible viewers, you know of whom we speak. <laughs> Sorry. The Quildemort. You know of whom we speak, and uh, we're just too fearful to mention his name for inappropriateness just springs in his wake. Before we jump into the trifecta, we've got one housekeeping uh, item to get out there and uh if you retweet or share on twitter and facebook this week's podcast you will automatically be entered into a drawing for a four pack of beach bums tickets i still have a four pack that i need to send out to someone Uh, i have your address i just haven't put them in the mail yet and i promise i'll do that before the season's over (laughs) (laughs) but uh yes we'll uh we'll give away another four pack next week so please retweet share With that, let's jump into the trifecta and with the Major League Baseball All-Star Weekend upon us, or week, or sometimes it feels like a month. Talking about the Beach Bums. That's true. Five five Beach Bums in the All-Star game. Yep, and Kamal Kenger is going to be in the Home Run Derby, too. All right. Uh, But with the All-Star festivities going on, we just thought we would talk about our favorite All-Star activities from the various sports the one sport we're not going to talk about is the NFL because their Pro Bowl weekend is terrible. Is terrible. It's awful. We're in it's agreement. Right. It's, it's pretty So awful. if you like the Pro Bowl, tweet us, Facebook comment us, leave an angry voicemail message for James Cook, and uh, tell us how much you love the Pro Bowl. Yeah, just tell me why. I, I, I need more of an explanation why. <laughs> okay, call Jake. He actually do. wants to hear from you yes, about I, why you love the NFL yeah, Pro Bowl. I mean, if you can give me a few reasons why. That would be really it has gotten it has gotten minimally better in that they've added that skills competition thing that they started a, a year or so ago, you know, where it's like quarterback skills and, and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But it still lags so far behind. I would much rather watch the, the NFL other combine. Three. So that that'll tell yeah. you the difference. Is if you think about everything else, I would much rather 
watch the All-Star game than the other half of the the preparation for the season. But for the NFL, I'd rather see the preparation than the, the you know, postseason afterthought. So yeah. what, is, what is your favorite, Jake? We'll let you start. I, I think uh, my favorite for years as a kid has always been Major League Baseball's. One is they give you a whole week off. It's not just the weekend, like NBA or something like that, where it's just a few days. They give you the whole week. And it's actually one that I think is probably the most needed out of all the sports with them going 162 games, having a week-long break in the middle to give these guys arms, well, some of them, uh, their arms a break or their bats a break. It usually bodes well for the athletes' bodies. But, you know, I think the fanfare, the home run derby, and just the need for, well, in the past, uh, having the All-Star game decide whether it was home field advantage in the World Series, kind of put all of it on a pedestal and, I don't think there's really much better of an event than going to the ballpark and sitting down for the home run derby during MLB All-Star Week because it's like you're going, you know, what, what are you going to the games in the first place for those home runs? So you go in, it's just all about the home runs. And I can only imagine all the little kids who catch the balls and this, that, and the other thing. So I think Major League Baseball is definitely the most fun. Yeah, I think, I think definitely you have the, the game itself is pretty good. It, um, it has home, the most parity, at least. Yeah, the, the home run derby is awesome. I mean, even the charity softball game that they do ahead of time is mm-hmm. better, that is pretty fun. Yeah, it's, it's better than it's better than what you know. It's better than the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <clears throat> I think at the end of this, I think we should do our suggestions for what we think the Pro Bowl <laughs> should do. There's a few I could give. Yeah, if only we had the time. Um, so I think it's got to be the MLB. You actually sold me when you included. The celebrity all-star game among Major League Baseball. Otherwise, I really do genuinely enjoy uh, the NBA's all-star weekend. Uh, Even though the game is kind of eh, the last ten minutes are still pretty competitive and fun to watch. Uh, when you you know literally have a full lineup of all-stars on both sides finally lock in and start playing. If only they would play the whole game that way. I don't think that the three-point shooting competition is boring at all. I think that's incredibly fantastic to watch. The three-point better than the slam dunk because... Yeah, I'm going to say it, boring. It Stale is different than boring. Yeah. And, but, then it's the, and then it's kind of the same. Well, the thing the about the slam but, dunk competition is none of, the, none of the best people do it anymore. Right. When, when, right. When, you know, when we were growing up and you had the stars of the game... Going Vince and Carter. And, exactly. Yeah. But now, now, Jordan, you, now you have Zach Levine and you know Aaron Gordon, people who are trying to make a name for themselves. The guys who can't crack the rotation in the, in the regular game, yes. but they can jump yes. higher than everybody exactly. else. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, you know, the, the Nate Robinson versus Dwight Howard, That's the, what the first go around, that was at least entertaining. That wasn't so long ago. Mm-hmm. And that was but, uh, that was close to ten years ago now. Was it? What is it really that long? I'm pretty sure the Superman dunk was two thousand and nine, two thousand ten. Oh my god, I'm well, old. I think as far as the game goes, I think the NHL, the actual the, the game, is yeah. probably the most competitive one because they've done those three on threes and stuff now, and they having the, having the sure. four different teams with the new format and stuff. If nothing else, we're in total agreement that three sports put on a pretty good show. <laughs> one doesn't. And uh, that's where we'll leave it. So, I think that, I think that the thing that the NFL needs to do is to have their skills competition. Is what part sh- of where that's where we'll leave <laughs> yeah, it? Do you not understand? No, that. I know. I, but I'm, I, but I'm, gonna, I'm revisiting. Uh, I think they need to take all, not put all the offensive linemen at a buffet and have an eating contest. Okay, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, put Joey Chestnut in the line. I mean, they already they ones. already do that at the Rose Bowl. They you know they have the two teams' offensive lines go off go up against each other. Mm-hmm. I think people would watch that. 
That would be cool to put Joey Chestnut in there and see see uh, that that is like a David versus Goliath deal, but for the NFL players trying to go up against Joey Chestnut. I guarantee you could out eat those NFL linemen. Calorie wise, in a ten minute span, in general. Yeah, mm, maybe. And the, and, the, and the Japanese guy who doesn't compete in the hot dog eating contest anymore. Kobayashi. Yeah, you could get oh. him in there because it's not an official sanctioned event. Yeah, so you could get Kobayashi. Yeah, in there. shout out to Kobe. Joey Chestnut for setting the new world record on the 4th of July. Yeah, the Nathan's hot dog Wasn't eating it? contest. 74 hot dogs in 10, in 10 minutes. minutes. That is just insane. insane. 7.4 hot dogs a minute. I heard him do an interview the day after that. And he was just saying how he just he after those things he feels awful for well, like two days. Oh, I believe I it. wouldn't doubt it. I did I did a small I did a hot dog eating competition last Fourth of July. Just a, a small group of people. I think I ate six hot dogs in five minutes, and I I literally have never felt worse for like an eight hour <laughs> period after eating. I actually felt like I was going to like I felt like the blueberry boy on Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I felt like I was going to explode. It was a girl, but what, sure. Blueberry boy. Unless you, unless you watch the new one, which I Eddie became Depp, the blueberry a boy. boy. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I turned into the blueberry boy with how much food I ate. I can't. I have no idea how like, <laughs> how humans are able to do that. So just props on that training, Joey Chestnut. Okay, that that is where we'll leave it. This was episode 42 of the Get Around podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>